and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Gaby Mackay and today I'm joined by the Shakademus and Pliers of Football Podcasting, Chris Doyle and Jules Boyle. Bags eye players. <laughs> you Shakademus, Chris. I'll take it. <laughs> On today's pod, we'll be doing some more predictions ahead of the new season, discussing Gidge Stewart and boy Stephen Naismith finally signing for Hearts and telling you why Partick Thistle's mascot could spark armed conflict with France. <laughs> so, yesterday, Johnny and I gave our predictions for the top and bottom six of the Premiership for the coming season. There's also predictions from all of our writers, except Chris, because he had a day off yesterday, on the website, which you can check out. And we'll be continuing the Mystic Meg patter for the next two days. We'll be turning our attention to the lower leagues tomorrow, but today we're going to discuss some player predictions for the Premiership. Jules and Chris have predicted the player of the year, the top scorer, the best signing, and the most disappointing signing. I'm going to go to you, Chris, first. What have you gone for? Are we going player of the season first or just go for Yeah, just, just, those players? just right and then we'll, well yeah, well you you say your player of the season, then we'll get Jules okay. to do his player of the season. Right, cool. and we'll um right. I've went for Ryan Christie. <laughs> 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 um I I basically just think he was definitely on course for that last season. Um until kinda like injuries kinda derailed it. Um so it was, his influence to the Celtic team was pretty obvious when he came back. They looked a much better better team with him in it. Um, just kind of like because I think he got like nine goals last season I mean there wasn't actually that many um, many sort of players ahead of him with that considering he didn't sort of have like a full campaign under his belt um, but I think he started off this season um, pretty much where he kind of left off um, and yeah you could have just kind of expect him to take a, sort of that leap up to the kind of the next level and if he sort of if he doesn't go through those injuries of last season uh, yeah I genuinely think he'll be sort of because it was close last year between McGregor and then Fodis, people weren't really sure. I don't know if like there was really a standout, so I feel like Christie had a chance there last year to get it. So I just feel that like kind of on that basis, I feel like his importance to the team, adding just goals, assists, and then just even kind of even kind of his work rate and stuff like that. It really that kind of I think it still goes under the radar a wee bit, but I think this is year he's going to get that recognition. And I'm guessing from the noise you made, Jules, <laughs> when Chris named that, that you have also gone for Ryan Christie. <laughs> no, I just think he's rotten and Chris is stupid. For, no, obviously. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, don't be Ryan Christie, don't be Ryan Christie. Yes, of course it is. Um, yeah, it has to be. Um, as Chris touched on there, I mean, last season, you could see what a player he was and how he was coming on. Um, I would take exception. I think the last season, Cal McGregor, for me, um, was definitely the, the standout. Him and Jamie Forrest, there's not much in it, but I would have went with him. Christie was bubbler under and it was exceptional most of the games I think you saw when Brown was off um, you know on his holidays uh, <laughs> he was um, Christie just totally like ignited that team you see the difference he makes in the team now his movement's exceptional the link up plays exceptional um, what, he's, what I think he's, I really love seeing him doing he's really really good at getting in behind defenders when they're totally packing it out which is what Celtic have to deal with quite a lot everyone's you know you know right down uh, not letting them near, near, near the box He's in behind them. He's getting, he's finding spaces. He's giving people options, and it's something that Celtic stretching kinda, the defence, stretching the defence really out the way, um, and it's something Celtic kind of missed a wee bit in recent years, um, and it's something they have to be dealing with all the time. And when he's there, it just changes everything. Um, he's crossings, pinpoint. You know what I mean? Um, he, he knows where the goal is, um, and also as well because because he's age as well, and you can see he's really hungry. He's really desperate to go on the ball. He's desperate to do stuff. Um, you can tell how much it means to him and how much he's fighting for everything. And I think he's the sort of player that's going to kind of drag Celtic in those games that they're going to play where they're 
a bit flat or a bit tired or, or just no at the races some days, which happens all the time. Every team, um, I think he's the, the player that's going to spark that up, um, much in the way that Kieran Tierney did a few years ago when Celtic were particularly impressive. He was the one standing yelling at people and really just by sheer presence and sheer what he's doing is, is pulling that along um, outside of Scott Brown obviously as, as, as his job um, but I think this is the year I think you're going to see Ryan Christie becoming a real real asset to Celtic a real one you know the first player on the team sort of thing um, and then obviously the subject of a million um, teams in from transfer type chat yeah that'll be next summer oh, yes, totally. I mean 100%. the one thing to sort of add I just think he's such a smart player in terms of like he's always in the takes up like the right positions makes the right runs like it's just one of those things he actually does the basics really well you don't often see it but um, yeah it's just I think it's such a good good story as well because like if you sort of flash back into last season um, I personally thought his I mean he did alright at Aberdeen but I personally thought his Celtic career was was pretty much, I wasn't sure how he was going to get into that team. There's a lot of midfielders. And now we're kind of now a year on, we're saying like, oh, he's one of the first midfielders on the team sheet. So, I mean, that's just, just credit to him for his sort of like hard work because, yeah, I don't know. I've, a lot of fans, I don't think they would have thought it would happen. And it's really like, I've, I think I've written about it before, but I think it's like the whole John McGinn thing that happened last summer. I mean, like, it's weird to think like these things just kind of fall in place, but. If, if Celtic, that, if John McGinn didn't fall, if, see if he arrived at Celtic, like maybe that opportunity isn't even there for, for Christie to then just like, you know, to take that and to get that kind of just the playing time and then obviously like took advantage of it. But it's just one of those things, look back and think, well, that was like a blessing in disguise for me, like for Christie anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And it worked out all right, I think, for obviously Celtic because they did miss out on McGinn, but then they got, you know, a player in Christie um, who just really kind of evolved as the year went on. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think that's a, a very good point you've made there, Chris. So we're gonna. I'm going to go to Jules first on this one in case you've both picked the same player again. I don't think we picked the same player. Right, but I'm just going to say right, right. now. Right, okay, because Chris has gone for Gary Dicker as top goalkeeper. <laughs> the Irish backstop, as I call him. Um, the Dicker man. The Dicker man. Jules, who have you got as top scorer? Um, well, I think you kind of have to look at Morelos, really. Um, if he's still there, if he's not away to China for ten million quid a week, <laughs> um, I think you just have to. He, you know, obviously he's not scored against Celtic yet. He's, he's, but he scores against everyone else. Rat was the man. If he stays in the pitch, um, if he's not suspended, he will score usually. Um, and you can, you kind of kind of look past him. I think you're going to. You know, I think uh, Edward is going to be putting a lot more, and I think you're going to see a. A Celtic team that are going to be playing more direct and getting out of the park more. I mean, that's what Neil Lennon wants to do. Whether whether it comes off or not, it's a different story. But that, that's his plan. He wants to get them up there more. Um, obviously, Lee Griffiths is back as well. I think you're going to see a Celtic team that's a lot more attacking minded, getting a lot more goals. Um, I think both Griffiths and Edward are going to be rattling them in. It would, you know, again Griffiths as well to be honest. Um, but he has just coming back. Um, I think it might take him. He obviously scored twice already. Oh, he didn't that that's that. that other goals and old OG wasn't actually come yeah. think it um, but he's back in the score street it's going to take a while to get fully back to full fitness I think if if he was at full fitness you'd be looking at him I think Edward Edward's going to give Morelos a run for his money I think it'd go either way to be honest um, but judging on last season and the fact that not much changed there I think you're looking at him but if he's getting more service there's more attacking up front I think it's going to be kind of touch and go between the two of them really and then Griffiths depends how quickly Griffiths gets his, his mojo back fully um, but he looks up for it as well but I think you're going to have to give him a wee bit of, a wee bit of time and a bit of understanding to kind of get back to what, what he fully is but what once he is he'll be 
right up there, I think. Okay, so Jules is going for Morelos, but a tight one with Edward and possibly Griffiths. Chris, what are you thinking? Yeah, I've, I've went for Ranger Striker, but it's not Morelos. I've went with uh, Defoe. So, um, yeah, I think I'm more kind of flip side of it with in terms of the Morelos situation. I can just see that kind of unraveling, to be honest, as the season kind of goes on. Like, is it Rangers shopping him? Is it him wanting to move? Like, I just feel like it's going to eventually affect, like, 30 goals last season. And he's not going to have as great a year, personally. Um, I think Defoe ended the, uh, basically the end of last season, last season uh, really well. Um, he's actually finally got like a pre-season under his belt, which I think sort of the, obviously a guy at his age, 36, that's sort of a thing that's really beneficial. So he came in in January and it was kind of tough for him because he hadn't played at all. Um, so now he's had that pre-season under his belt going into a full season. Um, and he's looked really sharp, like sort of just similar to the end of last, back of last year. Um, and it's hard to tell because of the difficulty of the opponents, obviously, but... Yeah, he's looked good, and I just kind of see that actually him, maybe sort of if Morelos does end up going, then obviously Defoe's, then he gets that kind of that number one striker, obviously. But I think a lot of it does hinge on maybe Morelos moving on or something like that, but I genuinely think that he's got a great chance because um, he scored eight goals in, I think it was 20 games at the end of last season. And his I've done done some research on this, so that was 118 minutes per goal, which was the best sort of minute per goal ratio in the league. So obviously that's not like a full season, so it's difficult to sort of keep up that rate. But I mean, you know, like he can, you know, he scores goals, score, still scores goals. So with 36, so yeah, I genuinely feel, I kind of agree with um, Jules in the sense. That I just think Celtic are going to share the sort of load with the goals. Like Griffiths coming back into Edward, he picks up those kind of niggles, and then you save him for kind of the big games because. Has shown he's a big game player, and um, then just kind of you know goals coming from Forrest, Christie, Sinclair, even Johnson, McGregor. I just think as they're going to share the load, so yeah, I'm going to I'm going with Defoe, but it's kind of hinging on this kind of this Morelos thing, just yeah. like sort of what All his right. future. That's what it's whether Morelos keeps his heat. That's what you're saying. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm, I, so I'm I'm <laughs> I'm thinking that it's just going to end up kind of going. You know, yeah, because we've yeah. obviously we've, we've seen, seen Gerard basically saying that he wants Morelos to go in front of the press and talk to them, and that's not happened yeah. yet. Which suggests there's maybe a wee, a wee bit of something there. But mm-hmm. we'll yep. we'll move on before we get too far into that one. So the next one we've got is who do we think is going to be the best signing of the season in the Premiership? Um, I think uh, staying with Rangers, I think it's going to be uh, Joe Aribo. Um, I just think like basically like on value for money, they're basically getting this guy on a free transfer. Um, there's a lot of clubs in, like sort of in the hunt for me. I think he had like ten goals last season. Uh, obviously, that was in League One with Charlton, but I do think he can sort of make this step up. Twenty-three years old, like we've seen, like he just sort of has everything to his kind of game. Obviously, a bit raw, but we've seen like, the goal he scored against Progress, like like he was sort of like just kind of driving into the box, like onto his left foot, and it was such a nice finish. And I just kind of think like this guy, sort of early glimpses, I was like, this guy's kind of got, for a midfielder, he's kind of got a lot, like just technical ability, physical as well. So just in terms of Rangers getting that guy in a free transfer, I mean, we were not sure if Celtic were in for him or not. That's not really been confirmed, but I could really see why they would be because he, he looks a player. Um, and I just think it was a real sort of, yeah, real, real, good signing the fact they managed to beat all these teams to his name and I think he's sort of early doors proven that like yeah that's why so many people were going for them so. yeah certainly look good so far Jules what about yourself um, I'm going to switch tack here just so I'm not talking the same stuff over and over again <laughs> um, so and what I'm going to do um, what I was going to say and obviously I, we'll just get to this later on I think 
taking aside Celtic and Rangers, because um, it's the easy thing to do, because we'll, we'll talk about that quite a lot, I think. Um, I think for importance, for signings, I think um, Stephen Naismith is going to be absolutely crucial. When you, you balance up how important a player of signing is going to be to that team in this season, um, I think you'll struggle to find anyone, that, even though Hearts aren't going for you know winning the league or anything like that, the difference he's going to make to that team, and we can, I'll just skimp on this a little bit because obviously that's the topic we're going to go back into in more detail. I think he is going to be absolutely crucial, um, and if he stays fit, that will be it will be the most important asset to that team. Um, can, I, can I throw in a wee like underrated sort of like signing? This? I mean, if you're, I think if, he'll be good if you're quick. Oh, for sure. So Blair Spittle, uh, Spittle for Ross County. Um, I think he's a really promising player. Um, scored like sort of seven goals last season. Um, kind of like. He's a midfielder, plays better centrally, but I think Fissel have like used him out wide like the past couple of years. But I think he's kind of wasted out there. But he's kind of like got really like sort of good delivery, kind of like a set set piece specialist. Um, but um, yeah, Jamie Lindsay's moved to Rotherham um, just like in the last couple of weeks. He's in our centre mid, so I feel like that's just kind of gives him the opportunity to come in. Uh, I think County have made this sort of a, a good few signs, but he's one of them. He's just one to look out for. Okay, and finally on this topic, we're going to go for who do we think is going to be the most disappointing signing out? It doesn't necessarily mean the worst signing. That would be somebody who would come in with a sort of a big reputation that we think's going to, yeah, he's going to really do it. And someone who just maybe doesn't, you know, maybe maybe look at uh, Umar Sadiq last year for, for, Rome, for Rangers, comes in from Roma, did he? <laughs> so, okay. In a nutshell. Yeah, so okay. I'll go to Jules first on this one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of difficult when at this, at this point. You can't, you know, I feel kind of bad about sort of condemning people before they arrive or just as they come in the door. Um, it always feels a bit kind of, you know, slightly unfair. Do you know what I mean? I think uh, Greg Stewart's an interesting one, um, as I'm sure you'll agree, Gaby. Greg the Snake. Greg the Snake. He's not a fan. Um, you've seen him be excellent many times and you've seen him not work um, and it's a question of which, which Greg Stewart have there, have they got um, and I think that, that that's the one that's kind of could be to use the phrase disappointing because I sort of shit I think of disappointing that could be because there, there you know there's a player there and you know how good they can be and then you can see how flat that can turn out um, so I think um, that, that that's an interesting one to watch and I think yeah. that, that's potentially a disappointment because it's not like he's bad um, and if he, but if he's not if he's not cutting it, then it is, that's a disappointment. So I think depends which Greg Stewart has is, is, is arrived over there. I think. Okay, yeah. so Jules is going for he Greg the Snake and he Chris. Totally still might not have Greg Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? That's absolutely fine because we've good. we've already we, we've gone quite in depth there. Right. We've got some other topics to get to. So we've double snaked. Yes, double right. snake. Snake ice. agreement. Yeah. So uh, Jules Jules <laughs> mentioned him earlier as potentially being the signing of the season. So we're going to go right to it. The transfer saga of the summer is finally over. No, not Kieratini to Arsenal or Ryan Kent to Rangers <laughs> or Stevie May to anywhere. Nope, this is the news that Stephen Naismith has finally signed on at Hearts. We've spoken at length about just how important Naismith was to Craig Levine's side last season. But something which raised a lot of eyebrows when the deal was announced was the fact that he's been given a four-year contract at Tynecastle. So I personally wouldn't grudge him that. He went to the same school as me and I worked with his mum in Sainsbury, so I'm sort of predisposed <laughs> to hope that he has a secure employment in his life. But he turns 33 next month and he's got history of injuries. Does this make sense for Hearts? Not massively, I don't think. I think you can... It does make sense to get him and to bring him, as we have talked about this at length. Um, he is absolutely vital with that team. Um, there's no denying it. You can see the difference he makes. If he's fit, 
they'll probably do well. If he's not fit, they'll probably won't. Um, and at the, this moment, um, I think you know Levine's under the microscope. The fans aren't happy. He needs to hit the ground running. Um, and and that, that's very important. So getting this within is huge. Four-year contract at 33. You know, for a fit 33-year-old um, who's got no history, major injury and stuff like that, you think, OK. Um, and also as well as a forward as well. Do you know what I mean, it's not like he's, he's the goalie. Or he's, or he's, he's going to have to do a lot of running. He's going yeah. to do a lot of that. He's going to have to be leading it. Um, you know, they're not going to be sitting back a huge amount of the time. I think it's going to be four years is quite a long time. Um, if that was the only way it would come, it's possible. That's, do you know what I mean? Maybe, that's, that, what I maybe that's what he was holding out for because, you know, if we're sitting going, they totally need him. He's not stupid. He's going to be sitting going, you know what I mean? And Craig and watching them, like, you know, struggle. I mean, how many how many attempts did they have in that, uh, the Betfred Cup? Uh, it was like, I think before these five games, it was 70 odd, and it was like 95 or something like that with seven shots. And yeah, and you could see last season when he was out, you know, you could correlate Hearts, good runs of form with their bad runs of form. It was a, a, a Venn diagram. You yeah, know, you exactly. totally see it. So, Chris, do you think that's what happened? Do you think he's basically had them over a barrel and that's uh, how he's got a four-year contract out of would, them? I mean... Unless they were just waiting to August the first to announce this for like sort of the contractual reasons, but if it's, that's not the case, then it would seem like maybe they were sort of trying to negotiate sort of a deal. And if Naismith was saying, "No, oh, I want four years," and then the club just kind of like, "Well, we need you, so we're f- probably just going to have to give you." Um, there's also, I mean, people, a lot of people saying in sort of uh, social media, there's talk about that maybe sort of leading into a coaching role, which could make more sense for Hearts mm-hmm. in terms of like, well. Places you know he's going to stay for those four years instead. Of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, then it can be like, then I, there'll be something after that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's good. It's good they got him though, isn't it? So because they needed them in. I think there's been a lot of pressure, especially in Hearts this sort of past couple of weeks. So, it takes the pressure off them a wee bit, doesn't it? Um, but I think overall, yeah, it's a great signing. It's just one of those things like four years makes you raise, raise your eyebrows a wee bit. But I mean, who knows? He might maybe that was just an off season in terms of, like him sort of going down with injuries. But those sort of that history does give you sort of a bit oh, good. Yeah, could, could you, you know, obviously that gives the fans at Tynecastle a lift getting Naismith in. That's the one they've been waiting for all summer. And yeah, four years seems like a long time, especially as we say, a guy who's had knee injuries. But you know, uh, you'd imagine he'd probably be a good person to have around the place in terms Definitely. of experience. So you yeah, can understand why they sure. don't. I think like um, Lafferty was, well, obviously he was in at the start of the season, he left. And then all of a sudden when Nace was they just didn't have any really striking options except Ikpiatsu. So now they've got like sort of Connor Washington in, in as well. So hopefully sort of they don't have to, maybe they can sort of, spares minutes in a sense you know he doesn't have to play like every single game to sort of like run them into the ground if they're wanting to sort of you know sort of to withstand kind of the the, the whole season because there's a lot of games isn't there so just get a, get a season out of stretched over four years <laughs> <laughs> yes. so so Jules I mean uh, it's, it's an interesting one I mean Chris mentions there that Hearts have also got Connor Washington in they've signed Craig Halkett from Livingston they've got a few more in do you think Hearts have kind of despite the sort of unrest and the unhappiness with Levine that certainly on the transfer market they've actually had a decent summer it's not really like last summer where they signed about 15 players yeah totally no definitely it is it's, it's, um, on paper it looks like they've done well um, on, on the pitch um, it's not really looking like that at all. Um, I think, I don't know. You know, I think I think Craig Levine could sign MD once. Do you know what I mean? But I think there's just something, um, something rotten in Gorgie. Do you know what I mean? Something um, rotten in the state of Gorgie. Something rotten in the state of Gorgie. That's exactly it. Um, and I just think, yeah, it's you know, I don't know. I think it's, it'll be interesting to see. But they, they've done well in the transfer market, and obviously, as you say, they've got these players in. Um, they should have enough to do better than the last season and the season before. You would think. I mean, last season they should have done better. 
and they didn't. But you can see that's that, that's the Naismith thing. Now this season, at the moment, you think surely. I mean, I put them as as my pick for fourth and the thing which a lot of folks slagged me off for. But it was on the, on those factors if it goes right, and as well, I mean, like fourth going to be like you know MD's MD's bag really. Um, if it goes right for them, it should. But it's just a question of what Levine does with what he's got basically. Yeah. yeah. So, but you think they can stay out of the grubber? <laughs> no, I don't. No, right, I, don't. Okay. I, th- I think the Grubber is, is an ever-present spectre right. over, over, over we that just, team. We can't have a podcast with Jules on it without the Grubber being without mentioned. Grubber. It's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they got a lot of, um, I read a lot of their kind of duds as well, obviously the players mm-hmm. they got in, but they brought in so many players last summer and they kind of got rid of those guys that just didn't fit. So, yeah. And um, yeah, and like another one, where obviously our predictions there, I think Halkett's another one of those, probably goes up there, one of the best signings. Um, just getting him in a free transfer, kind of pre-contract from Livingston. Just having him and uh, sort of Suter as your two sort of centre-backs, like, I mean, that that just has a making of sort of a good partnership. Yeah, and Christoph like Berra's the, there as well. Yeah, yeah. so the contrast, as I was saying, that you've got Berra there for the experience then sort of those two, and then that even gives him, I mean, that sort of Levine another kind of style to play where he could actually play the sort of the freedom at the back or, you know, have maybe wing backs, you know, there's just like different things to work with getting that sign for the door. So it's a really just a good like sort of stable sort of something to kind of build on for them at the back. And I, I see like, yeah, for, I think fourth is actually a good, I would, I would agree with um, with Jules fourth. Fourth is maybe they could push for third as well. I, yeah, I, don't I think, think I think Johnny had them fourth in his predictions. I think I predicted seventh, so I, oh, really? <laughs> so I can never go back to Gorgie. No, look how long he's had to student, uh, buddy. Come on. I know. You, well, you, can, well, you cannot go back into to be that, fair, that supermarket again. I made that prediction yesterday when uh, good student and lad uh, Stephen Naismith hadn't actually signed for Hearts yet, so I'm now revising it and... Nacy is going to fire them to yeah. fourth. Fourth or third. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we'll just round things off with a little bit of lighter news. We're going to discuss the summer tournament that's got everyone talking. No, it's not the Emirates Cup or the Ashes. It is the World Cup of mascots. <laughs> so the competition, which is run by Mascots Minute Silence on Twitter, which is well worth a follow, I might add, has reached the quarterfinal stage and we've got Scottish representation in the form of Sammy the Tammy of Dunfermline and of course one of the pre-tournament favourites Kingsley the Nightmare Creature of Farhill. Patrick Thistle mascot was actually almost eliminated in a group of death because he came up against FC Met's Greyu which I can only describe as an enormous maroon dragon. Uh, Kingsley had to go through as one of the best runners up after narrowly coming second in the poll which attracted more than 20,000 votes which was a lot more than the other groups. It was a <laughs> it was a heated contest. And that led to some bad blood. And no, that's not another Taylor Swift reference between <laughs> yes, Thistle and Mets fans. And I have some examples here. So first up was actual Kilmarnock fan, Martin Leroy, who is patriotically supporting Kingsley. And he advised tactically voting for Arsenal's Gunnosaurus to make him knock Grey out so that he doesn't meet Kingsley again in the final. Unfortunately, Symphorian57 came straight back with... Bro, you stand for a son on crack, don't mention us. <laughs> um, Arno Simona tried to smooth things over. He said, I have great memories with Partick Thistle fans from when they f- came for the Intertotal Cup 25 years ago. But sorry, guys, Greyu is definitively the best. And in reply, we've got VBL1986, a lovely message for one of our friends within the Old Alliance. Thank you, really kind. However, Kingsley will haunt you and your family forever for your blasphemy. (laughs) Uh, We've had calls for Nicholas Sturgeon and Emmanuel Macron to get involved and some rather unflattering descriptions of the mascots. Greyo has been called that lanky Mets thing and Barney with pointy teeth. Seriously scary for the kids, unlike Cuddly Kingsley, which I'm not (laughs) sure about that one. And Cuddly Kingsley himself has been referred to as the cocaine son and the embodiment of existential terror. 
We reported on this farrago on Football Scotland earlier in an attempt to calm the waters, and I'm pleased to tell you boys we've had some success. Jerome Pio urges Scotland to support Greyu in his battle against Arsenal's mascot, or as he puts it, Boris Johnson's strange dinosaurus. And that's Jerome Pio, former analyst for the French Ministry of Defence there, getting involved in a discussion about Maroon Dragon. <laughs> and finally, D. Bichon reminds us that the only thing that separates us from each other is England, both in <laughs> geography and in spirit. Now, I know you two have been following the World Cup of mascots with rapt attention. I want to test your knowledge on the felt fraternity with a Gabby's game that I have ingeniously called mascot or mask not. <laughs> I like it. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you each three mascots and the club they're associated with, and you have to have to tell me whether it's a mascot or a mask not. A mask not being one that I made up. Right. Okay, so I'm going to go to you first, Chris. We've got Wolfie from Wolverhampton Wanderers, who once got in a scrap with three little pig mascots. Mask not. That is a That's mascot. A, that that one's is a true. mascot. Yep. That did happen. I won't get this one. <laughs> uh, we've got Clanger, which is Air United's mascot. It's an anchor to commemorate the town's proud maritime heritage. Uh, that's a mask knot that is a mask knot oh, Air's nice. mascot is in fact a panda an animal even rarer than Air United trophies it's <laughs> <laughs> the only reason that's in there isn't it yes it is <laughs> I'm in many ways a small and petty man <laughs> uh, Chris we're going to go with this one Hangus which is Hartlepool United, a giant monkey to commemorate the time the <laughs> residents of the town hanged a monkey thinking it was a French spy. Mask not. That was made up, surely. That is a mascot. Oh, is a that mascot. is genuinely It's one of the best oh, wow. stories of all time. Hartlepool, people from Hartlepool are called monkey hangers because they once hanged, allegedly hanged a monkey thinking it was a French spy. It's gold. We're going to go back it. to Jules. We've got Boiler Man, West Brom. <laughs> Literally just a man dressed as a combi boiler. <laughs> that's a mascot. No, that's a mascot. That's <laughs> a, oh, God almighty. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, have they taken the, the, the corporate shilling from the local they, power yeah, company? Yeah, they've got a deal with some boiler company. I think they do oh. also have another mascot, but that wasn't that funny. So, so, yeah. yep, so that remains 1-0 to Jules. <laughs> We're going to go to Chris here, and we've got Smarty Fellow. Clyde Bank, <laughs> a tube of red and white Smarties named in honour of Wet Wet Wet, who once sponsored the club. <laughs> mask not, has got to be. <laughs> that is a mask not. Smarty yeah. fellow is not a real mask Sadly not, not. but Sadly. I'm quite proud of it. You should, there's something disturbing in your brain to even think of that. Your train of thought. <laughs> and, <laughs> we've, and we've tied it up at 1-1 here, so I'm going to go back to Jules, and I'm going to go for this mascot here. I've only had two. Oh yeah. No, no, yeah. I thought I had. Yeah, so this is your last one. So I'm this totally is, confused. That was that yeah. one. So it's one each. This is you. This is to win. It. Oh, this is the win. Oh, I'm, yes. going to, I'm going to make a mess uh, this then. And we've got Mr. Testicles, <laughs> who is not a specific club mascot. He travels around football grounds to raise awareness of prostate cancer. Mascot or mask not? Mascot. That is a mascot. Woohoo! Jules wins two one. <laughs> wow. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed that little game at home and it wasn't and this whole section was not at all ridiculous <laughs> leave us a review on iTunes folks <laughs> so that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today we'll be back tomorrow before 4pm just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable you can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and on Twitter at football underscore Scott you can also go on there to join our fantasy football league which is pinned to the top of the Twitter account 
And to ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at Gary Mackay, Chris on... Bye, Chris, though. And Jules on... Captain underscore Howdy. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening.